Welcome to A Clear Trumpet with Shirley Weaver. This prophetic podcast exists to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to our culture and world. Now, here's Shirley Weaver. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second part of our series on self-government. My name is Shirley Weaver, and we are A Clear Trumpet Ministries Shirley Weaver Ministries. And you can find us on the web, aclearTrumpet.org. We're also available to you on Facebook and Twitter. We hope you'll go there, check us out, follow. We invite you to come along as a friend, as a follower, as a reader. Hey, and by the way, we have a great daily devotion subscription that is available on our website. If you go to www.aclearTrumpet.org, there's a subscription tab. The subscription is free, no strings attached, and it's really good. It's a daily prophetic word, and I say prophetic because That's really the sound that God has given us. It's not anything we do or don't do. It just comes through. It would be like if you were a carpenter, you would be able to demonstrate those skills. When God calls a person or a group of people and gives them an assignment He gives them not only the ability to do the assignment, but the gift that brings it into a place that is profitable, and in your case, for the hearer. So we invite you to come to our website, sign up for that daily devotion. Again, it's free. We're delighted to have you. We're wonderful reports from different subscribers, feedback, and some of it is really too long to put in the review section, which we do try to keep updated, but it's interesting from the different parts of the world how God is saying the same thing. You know, I mean, I know that's not shocking, right? (laughs) He's saying the same thing to his people all over the world. And this is such an important time for us to recognize that, to pull together, encourage each other. So hopefully you can join us. I'd really like that. (laughs) And would love to meet you sometime as well. Today we're going to pick up on the podcast that we began in our last session, which had to do with self-government, and it was it was a basic, very basic podcast message that, you know, just spoke to the elementary parts of how we are given authority in the spirit realm by virtue of the authority of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of each of us when we are born again, we have authority to speak in the spirit realm and affect things that take place that unfold in a more natural sense. And throughout the Bible, we see how God's people did this 
how the prophets prophesied in the Old Testament. And those things came to pass, even some coming to fruition in our day, you know, in modern times. And we, because we are born again, are born again by the Spirit of God, and we have a speaking spirit. We are able to speak in a spiritual sense. We do have a presence in our home, in our community, in our culture. But listen, it's the spirit realm that makes the difference. That's where everything is determined. And you see it played out, so to speak, on the natural stage. So today we're just picking back up with how we talked about self-governing, which of course is basically the authority of the believer. And in the case of our message, it applies to the principle of using that authority. I mean, really using it, not just talking about it. It's not just a Bible study. So the principle is the meaning of taking authority. We take authority over things that are not right. We speak God's word into that environment and call forth those things that are right. So for the purposes of our message, we're including here our understanding of the application specifically of the authority of the believer as it applies to the time we're living in, which we're going to talk about today is the last of the last days. And of course, if you're going to govern in any sphere, if you're governing in your home as a parent, you have to know the dynamics, the boundaries, the limitations there, right? The same is true in every sphere that God gives us. We have to understand the limitation and the extended. We need to know all about the territory he's given us and the time, the timing we're speaking of the timing of the day in which we live. Matthew 24, everyone knows, is the New Testament chapter that describes the sign or signs of the end times. What are the signs that will demonstrate the coming of the kingdom? The disciples said in verse 6, speaks of wars and rumors of wars. Verse 7, the proverbial clashing of kingdoms. You've experienced that, right? There's a clashing of kingdoms over your life. As you obey the Lord, you encounter a clash of another kingdom confronting you, challenging you, stopping you. Sometimes that's in the form of circumstances. It also can be in the form of people. But it's not the people. It's the kingdom behind it. We know that. And verse 48 even speaks to, well, we've been talking about this for a long time, and he hasn't come. 
Why then should we continue to believe that the Lord will return for the rapture of his church or at the end of a tribulation time to set up his millennial kingdom? Why should we even believe that? We've been talking about this for a long time, and that hasn't happened. Why should we believe that? So people become cynical because of the delay. But, you know, it's been 2,000 years since our Lord was resurrected from the grave. And the Word says that a day is like a 1,000 years. So it's just really been a day. Boy, that's hard to fathom, isn't it? But it's true. It's true nonetheless. So right now, we are living not only in the last days, but in the last of the last days. The last days began at the time of Pentecost at 9 o'clock in the morning, the Bible says. And on of that time, of the last days, Joel prophesied. And then Peter repeated, remember on the day of Pentecost, he repeated that God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh in the last days. He was referring to a time that the Bible calls the last days. Some people call it the church age. Some people call it the age of grace. But the Bible term is the last days. And we've been living in that time really for 2,000 years. Well, you and I haven't been living in it, but that time has existed for 2,000 years. Peter referenced Joel's prophecy that God would pour out his spirit in those days. And there are other terminologies, theological expressions. But again, we are positioned in a time when God is pouring out his spirit, what? Upon flesh. What flesh? The flesh of those who understand what time it is, who understand what God's doing, and who understand their role in it. In the last of the last days, so the last days which began at the day of Pentecost, like we just said, there is a time that the Bible speaks of in Hebrews 1 and 2 Timothy 3. This time is the last of the last days. You know, like we tell our children, I'm just going to tell you one more time. You know, I've already told you 10, 20, 100 times. So I'm going to tell you one more time. <laughs> this is the final time. This is the last of the last days. And believers kind of sometimes tend to think of, you know, in a linear way, like we're on a line, a straight line. So we're proceeding along this line. Let me encourage you not to think in a linear way, but to think circular. It reminds me of when David was fleeing Saul, he was going around and around the mountain with Saul and his army in pursuit. So if you're going around and around the mountain, your motivation is to settle some things. Don't think 
in the sweet by and by, we're going to get this settled. Think about if I don't address this now, the next time I pass this place on the mountain on my circular route, I'm going to encounter the same thing again. So in the last of the last days, I'm encouraged and I'm encouraging you to think more cyclical. Think of a cycle. Think in terms of approaching everything that God gives to you today, any issue, any call, any, um, anything that he asks of you. Think of it in terms of dealing with it today, not down the road. Again, because biblical thought is cyclical, not linear. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 2, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final, the New Living says, but the King James and New King James say, last days, he has spoken to us through his son. And whatever the translation is, the Greek word is eschatos, eschatos, and it means the very last, the final, the end. Hey, this is the end. This is the end of the end. There isn't any more. So in verse 1 of Hebrews 1, the writer is speaking of the speaking of God to his people through his son in the final of the final days. And we just said that Joel prophesied and Peter reiterated God would pour out his spirit and he would speak to flesh, to men. Then 2 Timothy 3, the same thought, eschatos, the last of the last, in verse 1, it says this, This also know that in the last days perilous times will come. So this also know in the last days perilous times will come. Let's break that down. The word know, this also know, is the Greek word gnosko. And it's to me, it means to know. And the emphasis is here to know this. Don't miss this. Like, it's emphatic. It's really important that you don't miss this. In the last days, Greek word eschatos, the last of the last, it means the very wrap-up, the farthest you can go. When you come to eschatos, you can't go any further. That's it. You're bumping up against the shift or the change. And we know that's the shift and change of the age. The word days, which follows last, last days, is hemeres, Greek hemeres. We're not just talking about an age, see? We're talking about a day, a day 
the last days, that shortest period of time. We're not talking about years or thousands of years. We're talking about a day, meaning this is the very final, as far as you can go, bumping up into the next age, day. Okay, I hope you're with me here. (laughs) And the last word we're looking at is perilous. Greek word, kalipos, kalipos. Perilous means violent. And you know it from the probably most prevalent and actually the only other time in the New Testament that this word appears applies to the demoniac and the colony of demoniacs at Gadara. Have you ever thought about that, like a colony of demon-possessed people? Well, that's what existed at Gadara, and they were called, they were, their action, or they were known for their kalipos. They were perilous. They were violent. You couldn't pass that way. Like you couldn't get around them, and you surely didn't go that way on purpose. But of course, we know Jesus actually did. He actually went there on purpose. That's another story. That's another message. So consider the last of the last days from the perspective here of you shall, You need to know this, that in the last day, the violence of that time, it applies to our family, our business, our culture, our politics, really every aspect of our culture, this has to be our perspective because we're believers, we're sent as salt and light into the world. So this time that we're living in, this end time, is the end of the end. It's the last of the last. And the Bible uses this word, kalipos, to describe that and the danger that it includes. Now, most People that I know, this may apply to you, have had and experienced in the last year or two or three such a violent attack on everything precious to them, even onto their own character, some ministries to their ministry, but not just ministries. The family, the mother, uh, the child in a family have come under the effect of a violent, shaking, tearing, and to the fo- to the point that you despair that anything can ever be different is such an assault. Other nations other parts of the world especially so, but every culture and even in the West, it is a violent time. Perhaps you can relate to that. Second Timothy 3, after verse 1, and for the remaining of the chapter, gives 19 specific descriptions of the society that would be an end of the end time society. 
and it describes us perfectly. It begins with, men shall be lovers of themselves. At a time when pornography is rampant, and you know, that particular assault on the human mind changes that mind forever, forever. And without the intervention of the Lord, you're dealing with something akin to insanity. I don't want to exaggerate this, but that person is not able to measure and to resolve the way they once could or might have because the chemistry of the brain is changed forever. Again, that's another teaching, another time. But it tells us, my point, is it tells us that we are in this time. Men shall be lovers of themselves. In the middle of that description of our culture is another, it, is, it stands out to me, false accusers. Have you ever been accused of anything you're not, like, you're innocent of? To the point of destruction of your character, that is happening in our midst. People that should have never been questioned are accused and destroyed to an extent. The word there for accuser, I think is interesting, is the Greek word diablo. It actually means devil or devils, which tells you the source of that accusation, which we know he is the accuser of the brethren. But listen, this is a heightened, ramped up version of accusation. And if you have ever experienced it, you know what I'm talking about or if you've witnessed it taking place in the life of others, I pray that you will never cooperate with accusation. You know, second and third-hand knowledge and imagination, imagine things. Don't go there. In Revelation 12, 12, we see a scriptural explanation for why there's such a heightened force right now. And it literally says here, this is the Message Bible, for the devil, for the devil has come down on you with both feet. He's had a great fall and he's wild and raging with anger. He hasn't much time and he knows it. I like the message, the way it says that. Revelation 12, 12, I'll say it again. For the devil's come down on you with both feet. He's had a great fall. He's wild and raging with anger. He hasn't had, he doesn't have much time left and he knows it. So that's part of our perspective too. So from Matthew, and that was uh, Matthew 24, and uh, Hebrews 1, 2 Timothy 3, Revelation, Revelation 12, 
what do we what are we getting from all this? What's what's the point? What does this have to do with self-governing? Listen, God gave us authority. And he and he reveals to us in his word his plan that we would be a shining light at this time that we would not be subservient to the wiles of the devil, but rather we would stand against the wiles of the devil, not only for personally and for our our own home, the things we personally care about, but we want to cover our community. We want to include our state and our nation. So from 2 Timothy 3.1, we know this. See, we know what's going on. We prepare. We protect our home. We protect our community, our state, and the nation. We don't have to sink. We don't have to sink with this trend. We are rather like Issachar's race. Remember, Issachar's race had understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. We're like that. We're not fearful because we're anointed. Hey, we're anointed for this. We're actually born for this time. We're sent by the Lord into this time. This is our mission. It's our time. We're uniquely equipped for it. It's not coincidental that I am alive at this time or that you are alive at this time. Did did you know that? Did you realize that the traditions that you learn from your parents and your grandparents are probably not that relevant today. This is a different time. And those who were born after the founding of the state of Israel in 1948, after, excuse me, the establishing of it, this is a whole new mindset. I've experienced that in so many ways. And my prayer before the Lord every day is to allow me to stay up to date, like aware of what's going on around me, not fearful, aware of the time that I'm in, and aware that God has prepared me to stand against the cruel wiles of the devil that he hurls at vulnerable and innocent people in these days. And if you don't know that, you might assume it's just a hard time and you're on that linear path. You're on a linear path. You're going to get through this. And when this is over, you know, you can go back to being normal or, you know, you can take a breath. Listen, that's not going to happen. It is coming, if you belong to the Lord, if you have taken a stand for Him, it is coming from every direction all at once. But the good news is that if you are aligned with the Lord and you are obedient to Him, you can walk in agreement with Him. I heard one teacher say, you can be under a complete attack of the enemy and not even know it. Like you're so focused on the Word of God and the peace of God and the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, you're oblivious to anything else. 
listen, that should be the goal, right? That's our goal. So the kind of thinking that we want right now, the mindset that we want is not that of our parents or our grandparents, though theirs was uh, profound and so precious, but we're just in a place right now where this is a different time. It's not only the end time, but it's the end of the end time. It's not only the last days, but it's the last of the last days. The prophets prophesied this time, and they actually long to be in this time, but we get to be here. We are uniquely gifted to be a supernatural people. And the growing number of um, uh, agnostics, uh, that's the word that comes to me, it seems that there is a growing number of those. The Greek word actually means stupid, without knowledge. We're called in this time to be a light, and to have a message in an agnostic world to break, shed light on the darkness. We have in the book of Jude, verse 1, there's a prophecy there um, from Enoch. who He was the seventh after Adam, remember, and he prophesied that Jesus would come with 10,000 and thousands of his saints for the catching away of his people. That's the time that we're looking for, but that's not the second coming. That's the time of the catching away of God's people. And until that time happens, until the catching away that Jude, there's only one chapter in the book of Jude, verse 1, until the catching away of the church, those that are looking for him and understand the time that we're living in, there is much to do. And we also look for the return of Jesus when he'll come to set up his millennial kingdom. So just a quick review here. Are you, am I, exercising authority in the sphere, in the realm that God has given to us. If I just have authority in my home as a parent, am I exercising that? Am I taking my home for the kingdom and establishing it on the rock of Jesus Christ? If I've also been given a business sphere to govern, am I governing my life there to set the pattern and set the pace for those under my charge to demonstrate the light of the glorious gospel shed abroad in my life like a beacon. And if God's called me to a larger platform, even to a national platform, is that trumpet, is that trumpet at my mouth 
Do I sound it? Do I do it with grace? Have I shed my religious tendencies and prefer instead the glorious, glorious gospel of grace? I am believing that before the end of this calendar year, that God's church will step up and govern first personally, then in a very personal sphere, and then beyond, and that before the calendar year, the Gregorian calendar year begins a new year, that we have, um, as Paul said, pray that I will have an entrance and an utterance. That's my prayer, that we are equipped for this time and that as we go forth, the government, Isaiah prophesied, that is on the shoulders of our Lord Jesus is manifested and on display through us. God bless you. Have a glorious, glorious day. Father, bless, increase, and prosper everyone under the sound of my voice. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. Also, you can receive Shirley's powerful daily devotions delivered straight to your inbox each morning. Sign up at www.aclearTrumpet.org. And if you're interested in bringing Shirley to speak at your church or organization, reach out at info at aclearTrumpet.org.